longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. I think for me it's about 55 years. So I thank the Lord. Good, good years. I'm not turning around. I'm not going back. I've made up my mind to keep going toward heaven. Amen. Let's all stand. Good to see you tonight. Welcome each of you into the service. Let's ask the Lord to help us as we begin tonight. Father, we're grateful to be in your house tonight. Worship you in the beauty and the spirit of holiness. Bless our service. Bless in each part. Bless in the testimonies, the singing, the preaching of thy word, and everything that's said and done tonight. May you get honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Trust me. Amen. Trust me. I have this. I'm with you. And I'm thankful that I am learning to trust him more. And I am learning to rest more in him. It's hard sometimes to rest in him. You know, you want to take all the problems and keep them on yourself and worry about things. But I'm, I am learning more. You know, Lord, Amen. you have this. You're with me. I'm trusting in you. And he has been answering prayer, and I thank him tonight. Amen. That's a good way to start. In fact, I was going to give you opportunity to testify before we sang tonight, but spirit's already moving. That's good. Anyone else want to testify before we sing? All right. Let's turn to 121 in our chorus books. 121 in the chorus book. I'm contending for the glory. I trust you are tonight. Let's sing it together.
I was thinking of this song this afternoon as I was contemplating our revival coming up, and uh, certainly I want to go on record as contending for the glory. Um, we, we made a phone call this afternoon to a dear friend of ours, long, long way from here, and in the conversation, uh, we began talking about the church and situations, and uh, after listening for a little while to what was going on, I began to realize that things are not very good in that particular church, and the sad thing is, uh, seems like the glory is not what it used to be in that church, and church we labored for several years, and it's uh, sad, uh, by the time the phone call ended, we were we were nearly physically sick uh, from hearing how sad uh, the turn of events and things going on there. And, and I thought of this song, boy, I just, I'm still contending. And we need revival. We need revival because, folks, we're just, you know, we're that far away, really. It can happen anywhere. And so we need to keep on our toes spiritually. All right, anyone else tonight with a praise or a chorus? Or, uh, 85. 85, that's a good one. Thanksgiving is always in order, and we're blessed. We need to be thankful. All right, 85. <clears throat>
and it's all because of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Turn to 124. 126. I'm going to stay right under the blood. That's the way to go through. <laughs> under the blood. 126. I'm going to stay right. 
Lord. I was blessed this week, brother. I found a video of the Baptist preacher from, I guess he was the, the main pastor of what's called the Canadian Revival, 1971. His name was Bill McLeod. And uh, he's a good man, and I think the video was made a number of years afterwards, but he was just talking about the process of, of what God was doing with his church and how God poured out a spirit of prayer on his church in the five years that he was, I guess, laboring with the church before the revival came. And they said thousands of people got saved and went to the Mennonites and some of the missionary alliance and other Baptist churches out there in western Canada. And what was interesting is he said that Two years before the revival came in 1971, he had Duncan McLeod, or, or Duncan Campbell come, who had been in the Hebrides revival, and they developed a friendship there. And, uh, you know, he just told him about what God had done there, and he could see what God was doing. And uh, he asked Brother Campbell if he would pray for him. And he said, well, I'll tell my friends back in Scotland to pray for you as well. And this is what convicted me and challenged me. This was 20 years after the Hebrides revival, but he said the fruit of that revival was in one of the towns called Barvis, that there were men who had gotten saved in the Hebrides revival in 1950, and they were laboring men. They weren't even preachers, but they'd come home from work several, I guess it was several nights a week. I don't even know how much it was, but they'd go to bed after supper, get up at 9, probably get together, and they would pray till 2 in the morning. <clears throat> go back to bed, Get up at 7 and go to work. And they did that for years. And Brother McLeod, the Baptist pastor, was confident that they started praying for them. And one of the reasons they had revival was that these, they're called the praying men of harvest. We're holding them on their heart, praying for the folks in Western Canada. The implication was these men have been used by God, laboring men, to pray down revival in different parts of the world. You know, we get discouraged. With things, but brethren, you know, we we need to pray. We need to pray. God is a God of answered yes. prayer. And that convicted me, but it also challenged me that, you know, the God that did that for those men, He wants to move in our day too. And we need yes. it. Yes. Wow. What a story. And it can happen again. It can happen again if we truly pray. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Anyone else? <coughs> 449 in the hymn book. 449 in the hymn book. All right, let's sing it. Your position a little bit if you're able to. 449.
may be seated. Praise the Lord. All right. Anyone else want to share tonight? I'm thankful, Brother Adrian. I'm thankful that God's answering prayer. And uh, I thought about what our brother shared. God's on the throne. I'm not going to tell you that you have to get up, go to bed after supper, get up at 9 o'clock. I'm not going to tell that. That's good. That's good. But I'm going to tell you this much. You've got to pray. You've got to pray. And when, when God starts and begins to answer your prayer, it'll just make you feel like praying all the more. Because God's on the throne. And man, our world is in shambles. Do you know that? Our world is crumbling. All around us, our world is crumbling. There's a lot happening. That's a negative thing from this world. But the church is not crumbling. Church is not. God's truth marches on. God's still on the throne. God's still saving souls. And I'm just, I'm thankful. I'm just, uh, I was thinking about this. I, I want to be, um, I want to just praise the Lord, not just for what he's done in my heart. He saved me, sanctified me holy. So thankful. He's kept me. So thankful for all that. But I want to praise the Lord for what he's doing in the lives of some others. Good. Uh, that I know, and it just thrills me, thrills me, thrills me, and uh, I just, I give him all the praise, give God all the praise. Uh, my grandmother, she used to testify about uh, different ones getting saved. She used to testify about it, because they weren't able to be there. Well, uh, that's what I'm doing tonight. I just want to testify for people that aren't able to be here, but thank the Lord he's still saved. And uh, I'm glad that he is, and it just encourages my faith, because I'm talking about situations that Three weeks ago, felt impossible. About to felt impossible. And unbeknownst to us, God was working in the background. Good. And I just give him all the praise. Praise the Lord. I was reading just recently, and the Lord song with power and blood, it's, it's not just a song to me. I know it to be true, and I just, I'm so thankful. Recently, Brian and I have been talking at home. I'm so glad that I got saved in a church where I knew that I could leave sin and everything else behind, and Jesus could be my greatest friend, and he has been my greatest friend, and I've been thinking recently how much we can lean on him and just trust him. Um, just early this morning, I believe it was, I got a text from a friend of mine where um, one of her relatives, their son had just committed suicide and how they don't, they don't know Jesus. The mom doesn't and she's just so full of grief. And I sat in my living room this morning just wanted to cry and think, Lord, you're so good to me. I have you to lean on and you are there and you are our answer no matter what the situation is. I'm just so glad Jesus lives in my heart. 
I'm glad he has freed me from sin, and I'm glad Amen. for the way to walk with him. I'm actually looking forward to revival. I just, yeah. I want God to work in my heart. I feel like, I think it was my husband said something this morning about not worrying about anybody else. Just search your heart with God, and that's that's what I'm doing, and I'm just glad that God is on the throne, and I love him with my, my whole heart. He's a wonderful, wonderful Savior to me. Amen. Amen. Good. Page 460. All right, anyone want to testify before we sing 460? All right, 460. Anyone want to testify yet before we change the order of the service? Well, anyone else? Amen. All right. Thank you, musicians, and thank you for your good singing tonight. Amen. Thank the Lord for his presence tonight. Appreciate the testimonies this evening. God's 
working and it's good to hear about it. And so thank you for sharing those testimonies this evening. Thank the Lord for his touch, for his help. As we go to prayer tonight, we want to continue to remember Anna Stolzfus in our prayers, praying for her in the hospital, the pain with this recent surgery, praying that Jesus would just be with her, touch her physically, encourage her and John, strengthen them. Let's pray for her tonight. Brittany McDowell needs our prayers this evening. Let's be remembering her physical need, praying the Lord would touch her uh, tonight. Um, the Lord be with her. Jerry um, is having an appointment this week. Let's remember Jerry in our prayers, praying that all would go well with this. As they're uh, dealing with the heart situation, let's pray for him this evening. Continue to remember Sister Hoffman in our prayers. Good to see her tonight. But let's continue to remember Sister Hoffman. I uh, think of Susan Nyman as well. Let's remember Susan tonight. Be praying for her. The Lord would be with her. Paul and Marlene continue to need our prayers, so let's be praying for them as well. The Lord would touch them, and there are a multitude of other physical needs as well, but God is sufficient as the great healer and the great physician able to touch and work in each one, and God can heal. And we believe that God can heal and we pray to him that if it is his will that he can heal, we also know that God is able to provide strength and grace and help through difficulties. And so we pray that way as well, that the Lord would touch and help. And these ones and others tonight, we lift them before the throne, our upcoming revival, praying for it beginning a week from Tuesday. Let's be praying that God's presence would come. Let us prepare ourselves, uh, make it a point to attend, make it a point to do our best, prepare our hearts, invite the Lord's presence. Let's be praying for revival, our bus ministry. The bus is heading out now praying for each one involved in that, all of our people who are involved. I'm so thankful for each one of our volunteers. So many of our young people are involved in that ministry, so many different ones. Um, but let's be praying for the children as well. Families involved in the bus ministry. I believe God is, God is working. It is encouraging. But the devil is fighting, that gets discouraging, but God is in charge, and so that's encouraging. And so we trust in him, we're thankful for each one that attends, thankful for doors that have opened in our community that would not have been opened before. A new girl on the bus, at least one, maybe more new children on the bus tonight. I've never been to church before, as far as I know, so that's exciting. 22 on the bus tonight. We're thankful for each one, but praying the Lord would work in their lives draw them, draw them to himself. Let's be praying that way this evening. I would appreciate your prayers for this revival coming up this week, preaching that we'd have the Lord's presence and touch in those services as well. Do you have uh, requests you'd like to mention before we go to prayer? Funeral this week for Donald C. Myers. He used to pastor at Howard Global Church years ago, and he passed away at the funeral this week. Sure. Let's remember uh, this funeral for Brother Myers, and, his and let's be praying for the funeral. Let's be praying for his family. God would help there. I'm getting some pressure from a little boy. He has a, a friend in their homeschool group that's little girls had a headache for like four or five months, and they don't know what's going on. Sure. I think her name is, is it Laney? Laney. All right. Let's remember this little girl tonight. God would touch her and help her. All right, unspoken needs signify by an upraised hand. God knows each one of the un lost loved ones. 
burdens we're carrying on our hearts, signified by an upraised hand for lost souls. Let's remember those as we go to prayer tonight. Ultimately, our God, our God can take care of every physical situation. We're thankful for that. He can work out difficulties and circumstances we face in life. But our God, as we sing tonight, there's power in the blood. Our God is a saving God. And those hearts we want to lift before the throne tonight, praying that Jesus would be with each one of them. As we kneel in prayer tonight, asking Brother Wise to lead us before the throne, let's join with him tonight. Let's lift our voices to our Savior this evening. Fill each heart with thy love, may each soul be rekindled, Lord, with fire from above. Father, do bring the young people, Lord, and the ministry outreach before you, that you would bless them. Undertake and deal and guide, that you bless the workers, bless the individuals that are there, that you would draw many souls to yourself. Father, we do pray, Lord, that you would touch those that are sick and afflicted. Father, you know every situation, Father, you know every day, Lord, you know every burden, a soul, Lord, and pray that you would minister, heal, and guide. Lord, you're still the God that heals, and we're asking you, Lord, to step down from heaven, that you would touch bodies, Lord, as you touch souls. Father, we're asking you, Lord, that you would prepare our church here, Lord, for revival, Lord, that you bless the workers, Lord, that you would prepare them, that you would anoint them, that, oh God, that the atmosphere would be a good atmosphere, Lord, that you would make a good time together, Lord, that you would bring to pass a time of victory, that souls would find you as Savior, sanctifier, and renewer of the work of God in their hearts. Father, we live in difficult days, but oh God, you're still moving and answering prayer. Father, we ask you, Lord, that you move in our nation. Father, we're asking God, you restrain evil in high places and low places. And oh God, that you would move in our midst. Lord, we're so thankful for the goodness of God. Father, we bring on saved loved ones before you this evening. We thank you, you're not letting any should perish, but all would come to repentance. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy, that you are a, a prayer-answering God. Father, we just commit these requests and the re rest of this service into your hands, Father. We thank you so much. We ask you in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Ushers, if you'll come, prepare to receive the evening offering. Brother Cooler, if you would help us with that. The announcements we mentioned this morning, Boston Outreach Convention happening this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Announcement on the bulletin board with all those details. I would encourage you to go if you are able to. Um, it, it is a great, it, it is a tremendous convention. Um, very inspiring, very encouraging uh, and so I'd encourage you to go church cleanup day Saturday, 9 o'clock. If you're able to help us with that, that would be great. New Columbia Revival coming a week from Tuesday with Reverend Joe Smith 
every evening. The services, I believe, are at 7 o'clock. Then, of course, Sunday at our regular times. So we're looking forward to that. And then 21st, which, if you blink, will be upon us. The God's Bible School and College Assembly will ensemble, excuse me, will be ministering to us. That means instruments will be here ministering. And so we're looking forward to that. Invite a friend. If you have space for lodging, see the Spenglers as well as we need to lodge all of those students. All right, Brother Cooler, ask God's blessing in the offering, please. Once again, Lord, for your sweet presence, we ask your blessing upon this service, Lord. We thank you for this offering. Bless it in your use, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for that uh, offertory. It was great. Um, I don't know. I just think Brother Brandeiser mentioned that maybe tonight the special is Eric, Brian, and Michael. So I prob I'm probably the Brian, but I'm not sure. But Michael's not here, so we can't do it. So we didn't. I didn't realize it. So anyhow, anybody want to volunteer for a special song tonight? <laughs> All right. That's good. I thought so. Well, uh, Sister Carrie, can we turn the live stream off for a minute? Can we shut that down for a second?
tonight. So, oh uh, yeah, we have different. I, in fact, I was uh, I was in Florida uh, just recently, and somebody told me said that their their child turns in tunes into our um, services every week, and so we're thankful uh, for that. They're in a place where they they don't have a church to go to, but um, they were encouraged uh, by this, so we welcome them. And I'm not a live stream preacher because I don't. I'm not uh, trained. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to put on the show and the swagger and whatever else goes with it. I just have to be me. So what you get, folks, what you get is what you get. What you get is what these folks got. So uh, it is what it is, and here I am. But uh, somebody said to me, said, Brother Spangler, does it ever bother you? I said, honestly, for the most part, I get up here and forget all about it. Forget all about it. Until after church when I get texts. <laughs> from people who were watching. Uh, but anyhow, we're thankful for live stream. It was a way my dad could get uh, services and uh, thankful for, for that part of it. But um, I like being in-house too, don't you? Yes. I like being in-house uh, too. Uh, tonight I want you to turn to one verse of Scripture in Psalm 32. Psalm 32, verse 8. Good to see Carol Young here today, too. We're glad she's just doing uh, so much better, and we're just thankful uh, she's in church. Glad you're in church. And I'm so excited about the little girl, by the way, that got on the bus tonight. I saw her from a distance. She was watching the other children get on the bus. And I, when I was looking at her, I didn't get time to talk to Brother Jeff, but when I was looking at her, I thought, she doesn't look familiar to me uh, from that development. And... Um, then we went on around and picked up some more children and came back around and stopped in another place. And I saw her come around the corner and kind of peek over. And uh, then she sort of walked over slow. And uh, Jeff jumped off the bus and talked to her and asked her if she wanted to go. And she'd never been before. And so he went over and talked to her parents. And they said she could go. And she came to church. And I thought, that's just neat. I mean, that's neat because to me it felt like she was being drawn to come. She saw these kids going. It just felt like she was being drawn uh, to come. It looked like she had a longing uh, to come to church. You ever have a longing to come to church? Yes. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Go stand, in, go stand out in the street when the yellow bus goes by. You just look like that, and we'll stop picking up. But anyhow, this verse of Scripture is Psalm 32 and verse number 8. Let's stand together. I want to talk to you about this subject tonight. How can I know the will of God? How can I know the will of God? I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Brother Neil, you pray over the message, please. Amen. May be seated. So I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. I've preached from this passage of scripture uh, before, many different occasions, never uh, this uh, message. Uh, but I am very much convinced that God does not expect and never did expect uh, mankind to figure out the paths of life on their own. I'm, in fact, I honestly feel this way. It's an impossibility. 
without the help and the influence of God, it's just an impossibility. And we're so thankful for his word. Aren't you thankful for the Bible? We're thankful for God's uh, word. I spoke a little bit about that uh, Wednesday night, just briefly uh, Wednesday night. But I'm also convinced that life does not need to be a merry-go-round of trial and error. I'm convinced that, we, that God can give us some direction. Um, you know, my mind, of course, has been on the Fort Myers rescue mission, being down there and talking to those fellas. Uh, and I want to tell you something. It is remarkable. It's, first of all, it is remarkable that they're there at the mission. And by the way, they had a fantastic uh, closing out the last Sunday night of camp. Uh, the altar was lined, and I mean, people were really praying. I got several reports back, but people were really uh, praying and got a lot of help, and that's just in, very, very uh, encouraging. But in talking with uh, those fellows, because what, what I like to do is uh, go down, do whatever I'm supposed to do uh, while I'm down there, but I like to sit one-on-one -on -one and talk to them and visit with them. And I like to hear their story. I like to encourage them that God would like to rewrite their story, too. But, um, you know, listen to some of their stories. And as far as society uh, is concerned, I, I just want to tell you, and I don't mean this wrong, but this isn't the run of the mill out of the gutter. Okay? These are people that, some of these people had, uh, they were well-to-do. They had quite a few employees. I'm thinking of two gentlemen that ran businesses that had quite a few employees. And they had quite a story and how they rose up through uh, the ranks and one became owner of a, of an, of a business. And, uh, but they got messed up. And, uh, you know, they got, they got in family conflict. One situation was a family conflict. And a fellow's wife uh, cheated on him. And, uh, and that goes both ways. When you listen to stories down there, it happens. It's just all over. It's so very, very sad. But... Uh, his wife cheated on him, and he got uh, discouraged, and he got involved in things that he should have never got involved in, and it depressed him, and it got him to the place where he couldn't hold down a job and couldn't operate the business and couldn't run everything, lost everything. The whole thing went bankrupt. All those people lost their jobs. Uh, he ended up losing everything, including his house, and uh, ended up on the streets. Um, but... <laughs> I'm thankful that there is a, a Fort Myers rescue mission. I was trying to think. I don't remember when it was. It's 35 years ago or so that I was first involved uh, down there to be down there. But I was thinking, you know, back before the, back before the beautiful sanctuary was built, now back before the dining hall was built, back before the uh, dorm was built, uh, when the old buildings were there. I remember the first time I was there, we slept on the pew in the, in the little chapel uh, to sleep. But... Um, I was thinking it's been story after story after story after story uh, about people who gave their heart to the Lord, somehow came across the mission, gave their heart to the Lord, and got back uh, to God. And we're very, very thankful for that. But I'm going to tell you something here at New Columbia. You don't have to go that route. You don't have to go that route. Some got mixed up in things they should have never got mixed up in. In fact, of the matter is, some of the stories are so wild, it's just hard to believe. But they're true. 
uh, and you just never know. You never know how far you will go. You say, well, that would never happen to me. Well, I can guarantee you a lot of those fellows said it'll never happen to them too. You just never know. But you don't have to go all the way down on the bottom uh, to be able to be uh, influenced by the Lord and be able to allow his presence in your heart. And I like to tell young people, you can know what the will of God is for your life. You can know what the will of God is for your life. In a host of different areas, many years, we can't cover all the areas tonight, but you can know his will concerning your job. That's right, where he wants you to work. Uh, you, God will talk to you about that. You can know his will uh, concerning your companion. Amen. Uh, you can know God's will concerning your companion. You can pray and you a calling or just an occupation. You can know God's will concerning where he would want you to attend Bible school or if he wants you to attend uh, Bible school. I was talking to somebody yesterday and uh, yesterday when we were up at Vera's, um, I think it would, I can't remember, is it, I think, let's see, it would be a nephew, I think a, a great nephew or a nephew by marriage that I was talking with who's retired out of, the, out of uh, armed forces. And uh, the, the discussion was, we were having discussion there, and he said something to this effect, Brother Brennard, you might remember, but something to this effect, uh, I think every young person, male and female, should serve one year in the military. And that's good. That's something like that, they said. I said, oh, that's great. I said, I, I, I think that too, only I think every young person, male or female, should go one year to Bible school. <laughs> he said, well, that's good. That's good too. That's good too. But that's the way I uh, feel about it. So there goes two years, one in the military and one in Bible school. But um, I think that's important if God wants you to and pray about it. But uh, these, these are things that are often just not disclosed to the unsearching. Because a lot of people, they just do it trial and error. If this works, fine. If it don't, we'll try something else. Um, I've said to my children, because this is how Brother Spangler believes, with all of his heart based on the scripture. I've said to my kids back when they were young, I said, concerning their, their spouse, about going slow because I said, you gotta get it right. You gotta get right. It don't just happen. You gotta get right and you need direction uh, for that. And honestly, uh, when I think about this, there are there's some safeguards that we can have. When we're driving down the road, there are some safeguards to keep us from having an accident, aren't there? You drive down road, there's this thing called a stop sign. Stop. There's a caution light, maybe a flashing uh, caution light to keep us from having an accident. And those things are there. And there's things in, our, in this spiritual journey. There are some things that God has in place at our disposal, tools that we can use uh, to help us from having an accident, a crash, a disaster. Uh, down the road, and there's many of them here. I, I, have, I have them listed in seven points. Now, uh, I know some people, they compile them in four points. And some people have them in five points, but I have them in uh, seven points tonight. And the very first one is found right here at the beginning of this psalm, and uh, on this one hinges all the rest of them, okay? Now, uh, 
I think it is so important that if you get this one wrong, you, none of the rest of them work. It's right there in the very beginning. It's Psalm 32, uh, verse number one. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And you know what, folks? If, if you want to be able to find the will of God in your life, the first thing you've got to do is you have to allow Jesus Christ to become your personal Savior. You can pray about a spouse or pray about a job or pray about a Bible uh, school. You can pray about all those things. But listen, don't start praying about anything until, first of all, you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And I might talk to you a little bit about why I feel that way. But you allow Jesus Christ to become your, your Savior. You open the door up for him to become your very best friend, your companion, and your guide. And he'll keep you out of a lot of difficult uh, situations. And let me caution you. Just do not start praying concerning what job you should take. Don't, don't start praying uh, and then God shows it to you in a dream. I've heard that before. You know, God, well, God showed me in a dream that, I don't know, I was supposed to be an airplane pilot. And uh, whatever the case might be, uh, God, listen, we dream oftentimes the very things that we think about. It's what we dream about. So if a person wants to be an airplane pilot, wants to be an airplane pilot, wants to be an airplane pilot, uh, seven days a week, 365 days a year, I would say maybe once in a while they might dream on the plane uh, that something's happening on the plane. Uh, but that's not always God. Amen. Now, he might want you to be an airplane pilot, but he's bigger than just showing you through a little dream. There's some other safeguards. And I like to look at it this way. You want these safeguards to line up. It isn't just, well, I got three out of seven or five out of seven. You want them to line up. First of all, the first thing a person should do is give their heart fully to Jesus. Give their heart fully to Jesus. And that helps the rest of these to flow together. Um, people do all kinds of things claiming the Lord told them such and such. They do. I've heard some uh, far out ones. Uh, God showed them this, that, whatever the case might be. The truth is, oftentimes, God wasn't even involved. But people get so convinced in their head that that's why but God showed them. There, there are actually some ways that we can know, and uh, absolutely, we can know absolutely. And here's this process. I think it's guaranteed to work. Surrender to his perfect will, and he'll show you exactly what his perfect will is. Surrender to it. And he'll show you exactly what it is. As you keep surrendered, he'll continue to guide you and to lead you. And keep in mind, he will never force you. That's not the characteristic. He will not force you. He won't push you. But he will encourage you. He will guide you into all truth. And he will lead you in the paths of righteousness. Some people argue that God's not involved in our everyday operational duties and responsibility. God doesn't even really care what kind of car uh, you drive. But personally, I believe that he is. I believe that he is just as involved as we allow him to be. And I look at it as a direct benefit of grace bestowed on our lives. I look at it as a great 
benefit that comes in the package of salvation, that God wants to be involved in every uh, detail of our lives. Speaking about this grace that's bestowed, Laverne Gray wrote something I think is very important concerning this subject. He said, the grace of my Lord is unfailing and free. Its power no limit can know. That grace that abundantly satisfies me sustains me wherever I go. The grace of my Lord took my sins all away and made me a child of his love. That grace will unfailingly keep me every day until I shall see him above. The grace of my Lord makes my burden seem light and hallows the cross I must bear. His grace doth illuminate my dearest, my dreariest night and makes every desert seem fair. The grace of my Lord is a deep living spring that flows from the fountain divine. Come drink of its waters and you too will sing the praise of this Savior of mine. His grace is my strength and my song. I sing it all the day long. A grace that enfolds me, ever guides and upholds me. His grace is my strength and my song. You know, a benefit of grace is that it's there to guide you through life. Even when you get in those difficult places, like the writer was talking about. One of the greatest provisions of belonging to God with our whole heart is he watches over us with his whole heart. He watches over us. So after that first step of surrendering to him, of claiming him as your personal savior, there are several more steps uh, that we can put into play to help us decipher the will of God for our lives. And so the second one that I would say is this. Spend much time in prayer. Do you want to know what God thinks life, what he the direction he wants you to go with your life. Spend much time in prayer. Simply asking God to guide you, to make things clear before you. Seek him on a regular basis for direction and for wisdom. Uh, ask him directly to uh, reveal his will in every and any given situation, because he wants to. Whether it's, a, I don't know, a new job, adventure, Something that you're going out uh, maybe to try something new. I don't know, whatever the case might be, but just talk to God about it. Pray about it. Pray about it and pray about it. Take it to the Lord every day. If you don't get an answer, say, Lord, here I am again, wondering about my situation. Take it to him. So pray much. Spend much time in prayer. The second thing I would say about deciphering the will of God, and this is so important. Now, all of these are important. But this is one that whatever you do, don't ever violate it. Because once you violate it in one area, it'll be easier to violate it in the next area. And that is this. Read his word. You want to know the will of God for your life? Read the book. Read the Bible. He will never lead you in a direction contrary to his written word. Never. He will never, ever, ever lead you in a direction that is contrary to his word. He will not make an allowance for you that is contrary to his word. It's not the way God works. No. If it's in his word, read his word. Now, he often gets blamed for this, but the fact remains under no circumstance 
in no situation, regardless of what you may feel, regardless of what others may say, he simply will not violate or circumvent his holy word in any way, shape, or form, nor even come close. But you know there are a lot of people who think God gave them the green light on something that over here was a red light. God won't even give you a blinker light, not a caution light, if he said no here. The fourth thing that I want to look at is this. Take a look at and grasp your surroundings and your circumstances. I'm talking about deciphering the will of God. He is often working far beyond little old me because he's working for a great big us. Does that make sense? He's not only just working for a member of his church. He's working for the good of his kingdom. So sometimes things that happen in our lives as individuals don't necessarily always uh, seem like they're going to turn out fruitful, but God has the bigger picture. And I'll just be honest with you, my heart hurts over Anna and the suffering that she's gone through. But I said to John, John, I don't understand this, but I still believe this. All things work together for good. I can't process that in my mind. And I pray that God would give her relief from her pain and her suffering. I don't understand. I confess I don't understand it. But I thought maybe God is using Anna through this difficult time. And it's been a difficult time. I hope you pray for her. But maybe God is using this because God's got a bigger picture that he's painting. Something else that he's doing. And I said, John, Anna, I think God is going to do something beautiful for you guys. I really do. Because oftentimes, you know, we get sort of tied up in our little here and now. And God doesn't get tied up in our little here and now. So focus beyond ourselves and to the surroundings. And what I mean is that he, he has a much bigger picture than our current challenging circumstances in view. And he might be working in our lives today to line up something which is, I mean, in little old me, he might be working in little old me today to be lining up something that someday is going to be massive and breathtaking. You say, does God work that way? Oh, absolutely he works that way. Read the Old Testament. God works that way. Some of the things that God did, you look at those situations, you think, Lord, why, why, why? But you just keep reading. You just keep reading. You say, oh, okay, now I know why. And then the fifth thing I'd like to suggest to you is this. Ask a saint. You want to know the will of God? You want to decipher the will of God? Ask a saint. You say, I don't know any. Find one. They're out there. They're out there. There are godly people. Ask a saint. God has placed around you a certain caliper of his people. 
These are often people of experience or longevity and service to him. People with wisdom and discernment. And he's, he's placed them there to give us a visible uh, inner uh, action with us. Something that's right there in hand, uh, that we can have hands on, so to speak. Our mind can, rasp, uh, can wrap around and grasp. And he places them there as available help to us. It could be parents. It could be pastors. It could be that dear old saint that prays for you every single morning. But I would just tell you this, if you want to know God's will for your life, a safeguard is ask a saint. Because a godly person who loves God with all their heart, saved and sanctified, and if they've served him very long, they can just say to you point blank, that's not God's will. That's not what God wants for you. I had somebody say that to me years ago. I don't know for sure if I asked them. I think I told them. I told them what. What are you going to do? Brian, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to be a plumber. That's what I want to be. I'm going to be a plumber. I, I was a plumber. I was working with a plumber. I was, he was offering me his business when he retired. And it was a big business, a very good business, offering it to me. And he said, you know, Brian, you're just doing well. And he, whenever we would go into the, uh, to the store to buy a new tool, whether it be a power tool or a saw or level or whatever uh, it might be, uh, if he needed a new tool, whatever it was, even if it was a new toolbox, he'd say, give me two of those. Give me, just give me two of those. And then he'd say, Brian, put that in your toolbox. And he would build my, build my toolbox up for me. Just a great, great, great guy to work for. And... Uh, Somebody who was a senior, much older than I am, they said, Brian, it's not God's will for you to be a plumber. I'm like, who asked you? <laughs> I didn't feel that way, because way down deep in my heart, I sort of wondered a little bit. I wanted to be. You know, they make good, plum pl they make good money plumbing. At least my boss did. And uh, that's what I wanted to do. But they said, it's, not, it's just not God's will. And many years later, they said, I told you it wasn't God's will for you to be a plumber. Well, thank the Lord, Brother Brenizer. Uh, thank the Lord for his leadership and the lives of the yielded because he doesn't want us to be a plumber. He doesn't want us to be a mechanic. He wants us to, he wants us to be a preacher. And as a preacher, he wants me to do a little bit of plumbing on the side when something goes wrong at the church, he wants me to do a little bit of mechanical work. And so I look back, I say, Lord, thank you. I had no idea, but thank you that I, could, I can fix this or fix that. And thank you that I have the right tools to do it. Thank you that I can do some of this, these things. Well, I didn't know, but uh, God works in various different ways. But it's important for us to keep our ears tuned to godly people. And then not only that, that's very important. And don't ever put that on a back shelf because that's important. But listen to the Holy Spirit. You've heard me say before, God still speaks to those who listen. And he does. God on many of occasions works through the inner feelings of our heart. Conviction sometimes it is. Or maybe a deep settled peace or contentment it is. But he works through our heart. Heart. Remember, point number one is what? Surrendering to God. 
Give your all to God. Become a Christian. Let him be your savior. You do that and God will, his spirit will speak directly to your heart. Speak directly. He will call you by name and address you for your particular situation on a personal level. His leadings are often accompanied by a prompting both before and after whatever it is. Whether you're preparing for a message and you've prepared because you felt the Lord prompted you this direction. And when you're through with the message, you feel the Lord just slip up alongside of you and let you know that you've delivered what he laid on your heart to deliver. Often in your life, when you obey him, he will prompt you prior to that and he will come alongside you afterwards and let you know. And so I say, listen to the Holy Spirit. And then lastly... Number seven, place your confidence in the outcome. Hey, if you're a Christian and you've been praying about it and you've been reading about it and you've been considering that God could be doing something far bigger than you, you've talked to leaders or spiritual father or spiritual mother or some saint, you've had the Holy Spirit bear witness to your heart that this is the direction uh, then I would say, lastly, place your confidence in the outcome. When God directs you, you can rest assured that it's God's will. Because there very well could come the point and the place in your life where whatever it is that is, is difficult. And you might have to point back and say, but Lord, you led us, you brought us, or you showed us, or... And therefore, you have confidence now that he'll, he'll see you through. And just simply believe that God will walk with you because he's the one that chose the path for you to walk. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Martin Wells Knapp. Martin Wells Knapp uh, would have been founder of what? The Revivalists been founder of God's Bible School. Uh, really, uh, he would have been founder of the Pilgrim Holiness Church. He started a group which, which merged, later became, or didn't merge, but later developed into the uh, Pilgrim Holiness Church. And he shared something concerning this that I think it's, uh, it's coming from personal experience in his life. But he, he penned this. He said, I will say yes to my Savior down in the depths of my soul. To him I fully surrender. On him my burdens I roll. I will say yes to the Spirit sent from my Savior to me, comforter, guide, and revealer, dwelling forever with me. I will say yes when life's trials come, with their pain and their loss, yes, in the valleys and tunnels, yes, to the way of the cross, I will say yes when derision into my pathway shall fall, fully submitting to Jesus, friends, reputation, and all. I will say yes to the future, welcome whate'er he may send, come what may I will trust him, brother, redeemer, friend. 
I'm glad that life doesn't have to be a little merry-go-round. I'm thankful, dear Lord, we can have, thankful in my heart that we can have direction from the Lord to be able to see us through, guide us through, point us through. When you come up against situations in your life, first of all, keep your heart surrendered to God. Keep your heart surrendered to Him. Don't take it back just because a situation has developed out of nowhere. You just say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours. And then you start the process. You pray over it. You read Scripture. Ask God, God, can you show me something in your word to help formulate where I'm supposed to be on this issue? This book will tell you. And then you look at your circumstances, the situation. And could it be that God sees farther down the road than we do? And then you find that dear saint, maybe your mother or your grandmother, whoever it might be, and you ask them what they think about it. And you ask them to help you pray about it. And then you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life and to guide you and direct you and show you. You allow the Holy Spirit to do that in your life. And then when you get it settled, just stand your ground. It doesn't matter if nobody else sees it that way. It doesn't matter if nobody else feels like that's what it means. What matters is God has revealed it to me. And I'm not changing that for anybody. It doesn't matter if they think I'm wrong for doing this or wrong for going here. I've run it through this sieve, through this process. And I'm going to stand right where God wants me to stand. Praise the Lord. Shall we stand? Pastor Brent Eiser, you dismiss us in prayer, please. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us, for your grace. We thank you that you're a God who cares about each one of us individually in our lives, Father. You would care enough to have a will and a purpose and a plan for each one of us. And I pray, dear Jesus, that you would lead us and guide us, that every one of our hearts would be surrendered and submissive and seeking your will, dear Jesus. May we live for the King, giving praise and honor and glory to him. Praise tonight, in the name of Jesus. Amen.